This is the Maxiao Leadership Podcast. As I realized how important it is as a leader, as a human being, if you want to be happy and fulfilled, to fill your brain with the right stuff. If you were to ask, like, hey, like, what's the single most important thing that you do in a day? Maybe something like that would be an impactful question. And a lot of people, and it's going to reiterate some of the things we've talked about, but like a lot of people think, well, oh, it's my investment in my family because family is my number one value, right? Or they might say, oh, no, it's the investment you make in clients because that's going to build your coaching business and that's going to support your family. But I would say none of those are actually correct. The single most important investment that I make in my day is... Welcome to the Maxiao Leadership Podcast. My guest today is one of my favorite author, Koiti Cooper. Welcome, Koiti, to, to, to our show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's uh, really neat to get a chance to be one of your guests. I truly appreciate it. No, thank you very much. You know, I, it, it's, uh, it's something that um, I, I've wanted to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been, I've, when, I, when I thought about the idea of going on a podcast, I could imagine all sorts of reasons why not to do it. And um, when I came across your book, Flip, um, you know, it, it got to me that I need to flip some of the, the thinking that I was having, some of the, mm-hmm. the reason why I thought I wasn't maybe the right person to do it, or I wasn't yeah. sure that I would be able to attract uh, people to come on, on the show. And uh, so thank you very much for, for the good uh, wisdom that you part in your book, Flip. Well, thank you. Thanks for, and thanks for reading it. And so glad it was useful for you. Excellent. So before we dive into the content for, of today, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? Yeah, like like I said, my name's Coit, and um, I am uh, from the United States. I was born in Alaska, actually, uh, and uh, my mom had a very, very big family. Um, she had 19 brothers and sisters, and they adopted four more, so um, I literally have hundreds of cousins and family members in Alaska. My dad was a commercial fisherman up there, so my mom and dad met up there, and uh, the reason I bring that up is a lot of my childhood, I used to spend working on a boat and that's a very, very challenging job. And so I think I learned some discipline, some leadership from my dad, who was a very, very good leader on his boat. And but when I was a young, when I was really young, school, it was, you know, it was really important that I that I put, worked hard in school, but I also really gravitated towards athletics. And when I was young, I was a little bit crazy, though, I would I would do crazy stuff, I would ride my bike off of jumps, and I would I would crack my head open. And um, I, I just had a little bit too much risk taking in me and wanted to try things out. And so I, I went to the emergency room one too many times. And um, my neighbor said, Hey, why don't you get him started in wrestling? And so I started wrestling when I was five years old. And um, that was really good for me because it helped channel my energy. And um, I love just kind of the one-on-one of, of wrestling. And I, I love the sports. And so I did, I did not only wrestling, I did basketball, um, American football. I did uh, football as well. I did a lot of different sports and, and loved all that. And, um, but I, you know, I, I kept um, excelling in wrestling. I think my body size and things like that. And very fortunate to have great coaches and won some national titles, some state titles and had a chance to go to college and uh, went to college and, um, and had, a, had a good career in college. But when I got done, um, I thought I was going to be a teacher, like at the, the high school kind of level. And 
for some reason, I just, I, I, I had an urge to keep going back to school. And so um, I went on and decided I would go get my PhD and um, I won't take too long on this. I'll speed it up a little bit, but I, I got my PhD and I became a college professor and, um, and I really enjoyed that. And just, you'll know this as a part of the book. I won't go all the way into the details of the story, but I had a, had a pretty challenging situation for me. Um, kind of out of no, nowhere, I was an assistant professor in sport administration at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and really, really worked hard and did everything I could and was told I was doing the right things. And then in my last year, um, I got denied tenure, which meant I had lost my job. And that was a very, very challenging time for me. I had a lot of negative thoughts. I had a lot of emotions. I had a lot of challenges. And um, since then, I've learned with COVID and everything going on, it's they're very similar emotions that people are experiencing, frustration, overwhelm, um, some helplessness, just just like that. And um, and yet in the middle of it, this is where the, the transition takes place. I, in the middle of that struggle, I was um, I wish I could tell you it was from a more profound place, but it was on it was on Facebook scrolling one day. And um, I, I came upon a video from Robin Sharma. Uh, Robin Sharma mm -hmm. is a very awesome thought leader um works with fortune 500 companies you know that the monk who sold this ferrari is a great book leader without a title is a great book and um he was talking about the importance of like you know reading and he talked about leaders or readers and if you'll just flood your brain with the right things he said it will literally change your life and he's a big believer in rising early uh, and he said man if you'll just get up at 5 a.m and read the right books it'll change your life and i was like I'm not doing that great right now. I'm really struggling from this decision. You know, my mind is all over the place. And I said, hey, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to start waking up at 5 a.m. every single morning. And I'm kind of stubborn. And so I was like, I'm going to do this. And so two things happened, though. I started to wake up every morning. Two things happened. Number one, I started to, to work that. And it was good. But like every day, I would come home in the afternoon from a day of work. And I was supposed to be playing with my kids. And I would fall asleep on my rug. And my wife, Brandy, who's a sweetheart, um, who you met was like, you, you need to get up. Like you need to go play with your kids. Like, and so, but, but, but what happened is I adjusted to the time. But the second thing that the more profound thing that happened is I realized how important it is as a leader, as a human being, if you want to be happy and fulfilled to fill your brain with the right stuff, because most of the time we're waking up and we're filling our brain with our phone and even best case scenario of checking like your email makes you feel overwhelmed. Um, worst case scenario, you're watching the news and really negative, harmful things consistently first thing in the morning. It makes your brain fearful. Well, I started to put that aside and I started to read these really powerful books mm. and it just made an unbelievably profound change on my life. Like my brain started to think more positively. I started to get more excited about these big risks I was going to take in terms of starting a new career. And it led me to a variety of habits that just created unbelievable change in my life. And I tell people I went from dwelling on disappointment, overwhelmed to like waking up every day and loving my life, excited for it, um, pumped to get to impact people's lives every day. Um, but it was that stumbling block and learning um, that I had to start taking care of myself and get my mind in the right place if I was going to be a great leader. So um, hopefully that isn't too much, but it gives me no, a little it's, bit of it's, it's It's absolutely, it's really packed with great stuff. And I can totally relate to that. You know, I, I, I remember myself going through exactly what you described. It was yeah. about five years ago when I, 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 I it was around when I turned 40. Now, probably mm -hmm. was something to do with that, that time yeah. of, the, of the life. And um, I came across this book called The Miracle Morning. Yeah. Alan Rod yeah. talks about, you know, the morning routine. Yeah. And um, 
I started the, with the morning routine and yeah. with this hour of reading. And, and uh, through that, I think when I started the practice, I read more books doing that yeah. consistently reading every oh, day yeah. than I've read my entire life. And that what really got me on course decisively on this journey of leadership. So I totally yeah. can relate to that. Now, mm -hmm. you said as you were growing up, you know, you, you come from a family of fishermen growing up in Alaska. Yeah. Fishing, wrestling, not quite the same pace. Can, can you walk through how you, how, how you transition from that? What, what, what's, what's your experience from, from growing, growing up, you know, the experience of being a fisherman and, uh, you know, going probably with your dad on a boat and yeah. what you're doing today? How, 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 what did you take from, from that time? Yeah, you know, so much of what you learn when you're on a boat, it, it is not an easy, it is not an easy job. It is a very difficult job. I mean, the hours are very, very long. If you're fishing in Alaska, a lot of times you're waking up very early, you're going till late at night. There can be very rough weather in terms of waves, wind, uh, jellyfish in your face. Like it, it's a it's super challenging. And I watched my dad from a young age. Um get up early and just work hard, you know, over and over, they call them sets in um, fishing. And essentially a big boat, um, there's a big boat, a seine, a net, and a little boat. And essentially you put the net out, I won't go into crazy details, but it takes about an hour to put the net out, close it up, bring it up, catch the fish. And it's just a grueling process. And what I watched is, is just really, I learned discipline from my dad. My dad was not the one when he wasn't catching fish to just go in. He would, he would try to find new ways to catch fish. He would, he would be more creative. He'd be more disciplined. And so um, I think I learned a lot of work ethic from him. And I think uh, even a passion for taking care of his family. I think he always was trying to do that to provide us with opportunities. And so that's one thing that sticks with me is I always had opportunities from that. But as a young person on the boat, you know, he put me to work. And um, I remember when I was really little, like I just sack out, I would get so tired, I would just fall asleep because it was such hard work. Um, but I learned discipline, I learned toughness, um, very much translatable for sure to wrestling. Um, wrestling, when I got into wrestling, I was I was fishing, and then I was going into wrestling, wrestling is very much a, a disciplined, hard, hard, difficult sport. And, and so I, I think I learned, um, I learned how to do that. You know, when there's challenging things, I think it's just sort of okay. But I would say from being in sports like that, where you're constantly pushing and grinding, I've actually had to also unlearn things. I believe to be fulfilled and happy now, you want to be disciplined with your habits, disciplined with the way that you show up. But I believe you also have to find pockets to rest your brain. You have to find pockets to do the things that you love, to, to make time for family. And so um, I learned amazing lessons that set me up today in terms of I don't have a problem showing up and working habits. It's just it was kind of ingrained in me. But I have had to learn how to just chill, how to take breaks like that has been more difficult for me than anything but I'm a better leader and a performer now from, from learning that. But um, though that, that life though, I'm super grateful for it because to learn how to work, I don't know that in our society, it's often taught now to, to show up and be willing to continue to show up for something that matters to you. And even being a parent or a coach, to keep showing up for your people you got to keep showing up for your family and um i got to see that uh, up close and personal fishing and so i'm grateful that i had those experiences very good yeah the reason why i wanted to do that is sometime in our leadership experience there's so much that come from 
our upbringing and our childhood. And yeah. uh, we, we, we really need to go back to that time as well and try to relate to it. And yeah. um, th this podcast is about leadership and it's for, for leaders, whether they are uh, C-suite executive or entrepreneur or in mm -hmm. any other uh, professions. What's your definition of leadership? I think my personal definition of leader is, I, I just keep it pretty simple. It's the ability to elevate lives. It's the ability to influence and lift people's lives. I mean, when I get up every day, if I'm a good leader, it means that I can shrink my ego, get my focus in the right spot so I can lift the people I'm working with. If I'm a good leader, my coaching clients will be better because of what I present to them. If I'm a good leader, hopefully my wife and my kids are going to be better because the way I carry my, not only the way I carry myself, but the way that I invest in them. And so, man, I think when leadership's done right, it's, it's selfless. And again, just lifting other people is what leadership's about. Very good. Now, as a leader, you know, we want to elevate others, but sometimes we feel down ourselves. Yes. And, and, and you, you've, you've gone through that. You know, you talk about mm -hmm. your tenure decisions. Um, can you walk us through what's happened there? and uh, how you manage to get yourself up and uh, what, how, how is that important for, for leaders and what we can do and learn from that? Yeah, I've had, um, you know, I've had a variety of different moments that have just kind of rocked my world. And when they came and I lost my job, one of the things that I started to realize, and that came from starting to invest in reading from Robin Sharma, but I started to realize like, gosh, like, I'm wanting to be this great leader. I'm wanting to be this person who's making an impact, but I don't feel that great. I feel frustrated. I feel overwhelmed. Um, I feel disappointed. I mean, I feel I doubted myself. And what I started to realize, though, what it taught me when I got up in the morning and I started to read, what I started to learn, it was just this beginning process of learning that we can control what's going on in our minds. I didn't know that. I just thought, oh, I'm feeling disappointed and frustrated. And I just thought it was something that was maybe be sprinkled on me and I just had to deal with it. But when I started to wake up in the morning, I started to point my brain to something better than going, oh, I'm no longer a professor and I lost my job. And, and I was focusing on these things that were giving me frustration and giving me disappointment. When I started to wake up and invest in myself, I started to point my brain in a better direction because when you read amazing books like Man's Search for Meaning and, and The Alchemist and these really profound books, what it does is it teaches your brain like, wow, there's a different way to focus on things. And I think great leaders learn what to focus on and how to get more out of themselves. And because what that taught me, when I started to get up and read the right books, I started to realize like, wow, this is crazy how much more excited, enthusiastic, how much more passionate I was to go out and do more, be more. But when you read the right books, you start to stumble upon more habits. Like things like gratitude start to pop up like all the time. You start to read about breath work and meditation about the importance of growth. You, you start to stumble upon these things that the coolest people on the planet um, not only embrace, but work on a consistent daily basis. And what I started to do, this is something that I say every leader should do. You wanna be a great leader, take the time to fill your own tank up. Take the time to invest in yourself. It seems like leaders were supposed to always be doing for others. And a lot of your actions will be, but if you'll start by taking care of yourself, your mind, your heart, your body, it allows you to go out. And a lot of people say, well, I can't quit. I don't have the time to do that. And I say, it's the most selfless thing that you can do. And the reason why is when you flood your brain with the right books, you practice gratitude, um, you do breath work, 
you have the opportunity to show up clear with the leader that you want to be um, calm and, and really dialed in focused. And it's just this unbelievably powerful thing. And so I wouldn't have, I'm so grateful now that I got fired from my job because it, it's helped me stumble upon this process where I've gotten more control over my mind and with the right habits, man, I get to wake up so excited to make a difference. And the better I get with my morning routine ritual and the way I carry myself, the better impact that I make. And so, man, I just had no idea as a leader. I didn't know that if I just controlled my focus, I could be just a really powerful leader and impact maker. But I had to learn to take control of the gifts that I had, which was, you know, control of my focus and what I bring into the world. No, that's powerful, Sat. Thank, thank you for that. So talking about habits mm-hmm. for leaders, you know, you, you talked about reading, uh, getting up early. What yeah. other habits would you think are important for leaders to yeah and and i've I've already talked about reading so i won't cut that was my starting point i've read every day since i lost my job every i've not missed it every single day for six years now and it's literally changed my mind but gratitude to me is one of the most impactful habits that you can practice and you know there's all these studies and people on social media will post it like oh man gratitude lights your brain up and it totally does other than love, it's one of these really super high level emotional states that you can experience. But a lot of us don't practice getting to gratitude. And one thing that I recommend is waking up every single morning and pushing to feel gratitude. And I don't, a lot of people say, oh, they do it for random things. And it's great if you want to do random things. But one of the things that I've learned that works really great for leaders is to take, I call it a three by one blessed bank. And I talk about it in the book, take the three life areas that are most important to you that you wanna show up and be a great lead, that will either you wanna show up and be a great leader or make you a great leader. So I wake up every morning and I, I go through family, I go through coaching, I go through vitality. These three areas that I know are so important in my life. And I wake up and I make sure that I think, feel, experience why I'm grateful for those things. So I don't mail it in. I don't go, oh, I'm grateful for my wife. She sure is great. I'm grateful for coaching. I get up and I'll move my body if I have to. I'll clap my hands. I'll listen to music. I'll do whatever it takes. And I'll go, man, I'm so grateful to get to be my kid's father and my wife's husband. It's the greatest gift that I've ever been given. And it makes, it fills me with gratitude. And the reason that's so powerful, and I'll first, I'll go through coaching and I'll think, man, how cool is it that I get to impact people's lives? Every day when I jump on a coaching call, I get to change. I get the opportunity to change somebody's life. And vitality-wise, I've got this body. If I take care of it, just incredible energy and impact. And the reason that's so important, like, do I want to feel better? Sure, I want to feel better. But most leaders don't even realize this. When you walk into your day, the way you see it matters so much. And if you're a coach and you're walking in, you're going, oh, man, I've got seven coaching calls. It sure is going to be a grind my goodness, your brain's going to go, no, thank you. And you're going to battle yourself. You're going to have anxiety. But if you can wake up and go, man, I chose this career. I want this career. Like I get an opportunity to impact seven, eight people today. And you feel that your brain's like, oh, that's opportunity. And then all of a sudden, rather than having anxiety, you have excitement. And what I say, it's the difference between obligation and opportunity. So if you train your brain to see your most important areas as an opportunity, man, it makes life so much better. And it elevates your energy and your ability to go into it. And just that excitement is super important. So gratitude is one that I would say. Another one that I think is so unbelievably transformational, and it's it's literally changed every part of my life, is just breath work and meditation. 
we live in a world right now where we are constantly bombarded with stimuli, thousands and thousands of stimuli in a day. We've got these busy jobs. We've got these family and our brain is not, it's just, it's overwhelmed. Like there's just too much going on. And meditation is unbelievable because it gives you this opportunity to rest your brain, to recharge, to quiet the clutter. Um, when that self-doubt comes, it gives you this capacity to go, you know what? When you notice your brain going, oh, who are you to do this? You can go, no, 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 no. You stay out here. Instead, I'm going to focus on my breath. I'm going to focus on gratitude, making an impact. It gives you just this power. And so I think meditation, I mean, I, we could talk about that for a whole whole hour by itself, but I think that has been so powerful. Um, but, you know, things like a lot of people would think, you know, um, goals are super important, things like that, you know, making sure that you know the things that you're really, really passionate about, exercise, drinking the wa right water, sleeping. If you're an energy person, there's a lot of them. And so um, there's more I could talk about, but those are off the top of my head super important. My wife and I are really emphasizing as a leader, if you want to impact people, got to have energy. I mean, you, you've got to have the ability to, to, to feel good and to be able to drive. And what I always remind myself, be a charger for the people around you. Well, if I'm going to be a charger, I can't put sludge into my body every day. I can't burn it and not sleep. And so we really emphasize sleeping right, drinking water, eating the right foods so I can stay charged for my people. No, absolutely. And you come across very very energetic every time yeah. I see you, Koetito. That, that's very cool. important. Now, you know, we come out of two years of COVID mm -hmm. uh, and the lockdown, and uh, we are heading toward recession. There's a lot of difficulty for a lot of people. So leaders are, are, have to deal with a very changing environment. You know, everything has been changing all the time. So the pressure is there. And uh, when you talk about, you know, mm -hmm. meditation, well, that, that's so important. Yeah, and yet people might find it difficult to find time to allocate to that need for well-being. Yeah, what, what, what's what's your secret to be able to 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 find that space in the middle of everything that we are going through at the moment? Well, I, I think one of the secrets is is really acknowledging just how important and how critical and how essential it is. You know, when I look at meditation, um, and I'm wanting to establish a habit, the first thing I look at is going. Um, I need, I got to do this. Like it's so important to me. And, but one of the things, let me just jump through one of the strategies that I teach right now that I'm super excited about is if somebody is listening right now and they go, man, like quit, I would love to do meditation. It sounds great, but I don't have time. One of the things, first thing I would say, and this might make somebody mad, but I would say, let me see your phone. Let me see your phone usage because we'll see, because if you're using your phone for two, three, four, five hours a day, and you can't make time for meditation, then maybe it's just not important enough. But if it is important enough, one of the things, the first things that I do with a client is I don't want them to do it because I tell them they should. I tell them, say, you're intrigued, right? And they'll go, yeah, I'm intrigued. And I say, here's what I want you to do. I call it priming, okay? I call these things the three Ps. First thing you gotta do is go out and research all the benefits of it. And if you really are serious about it, you can look at what are the costs. If I change nothing, right? If I go about my behavior right now, What's the cost of that? And with most people overwhelmed with stress, completely worn down, don't have the energy that they want, anxiety that makes them less than ideal in all their roles. If you can look at that and go, the cost is that I got to stick with this. And your brain's like, I can't stick with this. I do not want to stay where I'm at. 
your brain will respond. Um, your brain does things to avoid pain and to maximize pleasure. So if you look at it and go, if I stay here, I'm going to have this pain. Nope, I'm not willing to do that. Then what I say is go over to meditation, go research the benefits of it. It is not hard to see. And one of my starting points next was when I was reading uh, Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titans, he was interviewing and saying, hey, what are the most important habits that you work? And I kept hearing like meditation, meditation, transcendental meditation. I was like, son of a gun, like I, I need to do this. Like, this is crazy. Like, these are the coolest people on the planet. They all say meditation is the most impactful thing. That was pleasure to my brain. And then I went and I researched all the benefits of meditation. And it's like, oh, reduce stress, sick less, higher energy, ability to focus, ability to control against self-doubt and all the clutter in our minds to be able to quiet. Like there's so many benefits. And I'm a proponent of like going, oh my goodness, if I work this, I can do that. I want that. And at some point, don't start a habit unless you have a really good reason to do it. You got to build up the benefits where your brain's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'll put my phone down for 15 minutes. I'm going to do this. Why? Because the benefits are so high. So what I work with coaching clients is on is getting super excited about their habits to the point where they know if they do this, it's going to change their life because psychology is super important. But I just think you got to be real with yourself. You got to sit down and realize I'm not in the spot I want to be. That's what happened to me when I lost my job. I am not where I want to be. I need to find a solution. And if there's a solution and you really believe in it, you just got to reorganize parts of your life. You got to put your phone down. You might have to swap out a meeting with people or something and spend the time for yourself. But if you go at it and you're super excited about it and then you create the right structure around your habits, um, I'm a firm believer now, if you do it right, you'll love your habits. They'll turn into lifestyle. And if we have time, I'll tell you more of those steps. That's just the first P, but you got to prime it. It has to seem like a massive opportunity to your brain. If you're listening to this podcast and you're going, okay, I guess I'll give it a shot because, you know, I think these guys know what they're talking about, but I don't really feel like it. You're going to have to grind at it and you, you're not going to win eventually. If you've got a busy schedule and you're trying to grind a habit, that's pain to your brain. Your brain won't want to do it. But if you actually stop and go, wow, like how cool would it be to calm and quiet my mind? How neat would it be to be able to point my brain to these things that really inspire me and to focus and go get those things? How neat would it be when I feel anxiety to have a skill set that would help me lower, eliminate that, and then point my brain to things that make me excited, enthusiastic? Once you start to see that and you're clear with it to your brain, I think you'll have a great shot of making it happen. So hopefully I answered your question. I get excited about oh, absolutely. That, that's very really great. So that that was the first P priming. First P. What are the what what are the the, the other P? The second P, and I read a book by BJ Fogg. Uh, he's a he's a like a psychologist, he's an expert from Stanford on habits. And it's called Tiny Habits. And BJ Fogg said that you really need to be aware of how you go about things. And so the second P is plan. You've got to have a right plan. People ask me, Coit, how much do you meditate a day? And I say 20 to 30 minutes. And, I, and they always say, well, what do you think I should do? Should I do that? I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, don't start with that. Because when you're first starting, your mind's going to be super busy, super cluttered with meditation. And that can get frustrating and overwhelming. And so what BJ Fogg says is you want to create a plan that is manageable, one that you can succeed at, right? Not the one that's going to overwhelm you. And he says, with a thing like meditation, what you'd want to do is say, what would, what would, what's, what's a version that could excite you that you could be effective at? So like even 10 breaths, could you start your day by putting your feet down and taking 10 deep breaths 
to center your emotions, to get yourself calm. Could you do it for five minutes? That's what I do with my clients is say, are you excited about five minutes? Do you think you can do it? Are you sure you can do it? You're, you're, you want to do it. And they're like, yes. Once we know, then we can have that plan of saying, okay, I'm going to do the five minutes. It's going to be the first part of the day. I'm going to do it right after I do this. You can create a really plan that locks it in and maximizes your chance of success. So two is plan. And last thing I'll say about plan is like a lot of people do this with like exercise. They'll go, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to get in amazing shape and I'm going to rock it out. And then they go to like a CrossFit class. Like they're out of shape and they go to a CrossFit class and it's so miserable. They're so sore. Their body hurts. They've got headaches. That's massive pain to your brain. And, yeah. and so, so the meanwhile, your brain's going, mm, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And so, and so really what's going to happen is as soon as your brain can get out of, out of it. But if you're going into exercising and, and you're, you're really not in great shape, can you go walk around the two blocks? Can you, can you do that? Can you create something where you can walk two blocks and then four blocks and then build up a plan that allows you to succeed? So that's the second P. The third P is one of the funnest things that I coach people on. And I love it. And what happens with most people, one of the biggest reasons they fail at habits like a meditation is they'll go out, they'll be excited about it. They'll create their plan. And they're like, man, I'm going to do it for five minutes every single morning. I'm ready. I'm going to have my coffee. I'm whatever. They get it set up. And then they'll go and they'll do it really well for like five days, seven days, 14 days, 21 days. And they'll literally say nothing to their brain. No feedback whatsoever. Just supposed to do it. That's what we're supposed to do. And then guess what happens? Day 21, they miss and they jump all over themselves. I always do this. It's a disappointment. I'm frustrated. It's taught a lot in society. And what I teach people is going, hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Let's do this a different way. And I teach people the moment you finish the first day, you got to learn to celebrate. Okay. I call it celebrating and crediting. So you finish meditation the first day, you got to find out a way that you love celebrating. I myself, am a clap sort of flex person. Um, not a very like strong, flex, but a flex person or a pump my fist person. When I go through a habit and I do it the first day, I'll go, yeah, pump my fist and go, yep, that's it. And, and I'll go, that's it. That's a step towards becoming the calm centered leader that I want to be. And I'll move my body and I'll feel that. And the re reason why is I want to condition pleasure with my habit. When I fall short, I do not beat myself up. I stay curious and I say, how do I get back to the next day? I get to the next day, man, I get funky and I celebrate again. And what I want is I want my brain to love that habit. This is a world-class change your life habit. At some point, your brain is going to quiet. You're going to calm, you're going to feel it. But in the meantime, you've got to associate pleasure with it. So your brain, brain wants to do it. So by celebrating, you're associating that pleasure um, and, um, and you move towards that. And so I think if you do it right, the three P's go right, you celebrate right, you're excited about it, you do it right, then all of a sudden your brain just wants to do it. And what's cool about that is that doesn't take any energy. And now all of a sudden you got a habit that as a leader will charge you up every single morning. Your brain will just want to do it. And then it charges you up. That to me is so cool as a leader. You do things like gratitude and meditation and they take no effort. Oh man, that's magic for leaders. Wow, that's so powerful. The three Ps, priming, plan, and pleasure. Yep. That, that, and I can see really practical application to that, you know, to creating any habits and yeah. really developing in any area of leadership. Yeah, and one thing that was really cool to me, recently I was listening to, 
uh, Tony Robbins, and it was one of his live events, and he was talking about influence, how important it is for leaders and people to be able to create a positive influence. And he said that when you're trying to influence a person, and hopefully it's for the right reasons, 8% of what you, it, it's your words, what you say. So if I say, Max, you should do gratitude. It's a really powerful habit. You're going to go, okay, Coit, since I know you maybe, but that didn't sound very convincing. And the reason why 38% is your tone in your voice and the way that you say it. So if I say, Max, like, man, like this habit is so powerful. You should give it a shot. You might go, okay, I know Coit plus the way he's saying it, that that's kind of believable. But what people can't see on this podcast, but maybe they can through energy, is that the largest part of influence, 55%, is your physiology. It's how you move your body. It's your facial expression. It's all of that. And so if I go, Max, like, dude, like meditation will like literally change your life, man. We got to get you going. And you feel that and you believe me and you can see me because we're talking on Zoom. But that maximizes our chance of influence. You're going, quit. what does this have to do with habits? Well, listen, if you're sitting down with yourself and you're wanting to master a habit, imagine that you're trying to convince somebody inside of your brain to do that. And if you show up and you're like, okay, uh, I guess we got to do this meditation thing. Your brain's like, no, we're not. We're not doing that's just not happening. Right. Because you have to influence it because it takes some initial energy. And so when I'm saying celebrate credit you know, be excited at the beginning. We're trying to influence ourselves to take on one of the most powerful habits on the planet. So when you go at it, you got to go at it with your, you know, the, you got to use the right words. You got to use the right um, tone. You got to use the right body language. And when you come at it, you go, man, I'm so excited. This is about to be a life-changing habit. And then you fall through and you clap and you celebrate and you get excited, which is not normal in our society. Um, but when you learn to do that, you're using all of those to create influence. And then your brain doesn't go, oh, womp, womp, I'm going to go to social media and get my dopamine hit. You're providing it around things that will enhance your life. So it was cool hearing Tony Robbins talk about that because I was like, man, that's exactly when you're trying to influence yourself. Now, if you influence yourself with the most positive habits on the planet, you're basically creating a bank, this bank of investment in yourself. And the better you get at it, the more you're going to be able to influence and impact others. And so that's what's really cool. Work it with yourself. And then all of a sudden you can go out authentically and share it with others. Oh, that, that's so powerful. That's really, really great. Look, I wish we had so much more time yeah. for because it's so great a conversation. As we getting toward the end of um, our time here today, what question do you wish I had asked you? I ask this question because, you know, I'm sure you, you, you attend a lot of events, you get to, to share a lot, you get a lot of questions from your clients, but maybe there's one question that you wish people ask you. Hmm, that's a good one. I've never, <laughs> you're going to trick some people with that one. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, um, maybe like, you know, if you were to ask like, hey, like, what's the single most important thing that you do in a day? Maybe something like that would be an impactful question. And a lot of people, and it's going to reiterate some of the things we've talked about, but like a lot of people would think, well, oh, it's my investment in my family because family is my number one value, right? Or they might say, oh no, it's the investment you make in clients because that's going to build your coaching business and that's going to support your family. But I would say none of those are actually correct. The single most important investment that I make in my day is the time that I make every single day in the morning to invest in myself, 
to invest in my mind to get me right. Because man, what I've learned is it seems like this selfish thing, but when I get it right, like I'm so much more caring to my kids, to my wife. I'm so much better as a coach. Like these things I've talked about, really what we're doing, that question would allow us to wrap everything together. When I'm grateful to be a father and grateful to be a coach and grateful for my vitality, I go into my day and with that energy, it just makes me want to do that better. And by that initial starting point of charging myself up, getting my mind in the right spot, it just gives me an opportunity to, to live my highest level for the people that matter most. And so in the meantime, I'll try to think of a, of a question since you caught me a little bit on that one. But I think that just like, what's, what is the most important thing that you do every day? And I would say unequivocally, outcome wise, yes, being a great father, husband is so important. Being a coach that impact people's lives, both of those things make me so passionate. But what I've learned is just, I, I've got to spend the time to get me right you know, so I can be the best version of myself. So just reiterating everything, nice bow tie, hopefully tied on everything we talked about. No, it, it does. Absolutely. And, you know, as you were going through that, I remember what message we get every time we get on the plane, you know, when we go through the yeah. instructions, when, yeah. when, when some, if there's a depreciation in the cabin, what do you do first? Yeah. You put the mask on yourself and then you can help the person next to you. So yeah. really, really, absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. mask is like, that mask is like a, that also it's like not, it's like supercharged oxygen too. Like when you do it right with these habits, it's like super powered, like, cause it just, it just improves that ability. And anybody who's on here who wants to be a great leader, wants to be selfless, wants to pour into others, wants to create this massive impact. But if we don't, if we don't create the right framework to start our day and we allow other things to dictate the pace, we get more worn out, we get more distracted, um, we get more cluttered, more ego and all those things. And I just think that just that pocket in the morning to quiet, to calm our brains, to make sure we're grateful, to make sure to know the person that we want to be um, gives us a shot. It just gives us that shot. And I just think that's such an important thing. And the more I work at, the more excited I get to see just how well I can do this life. And I think that's what leaders ultimately do is they say, how, how well can we do this? How many lives can we impact in the process? And I just personally think we need more of that. So anybody listening out there, embrace it. Listen to this podcast, find ways to level up. Because in a world right now where things are being fed to us, like everything's rotten and not great, that's not true. There are great people like you right now trying to make an impact. And we just need to jump on board and do more of that so we can create the right change in our world. Thank you so much. And uh, to continue the conversation, what are three books that you recommend people listening? Yeah, um, no, number one, I mentioned already, The Alchemist is such a neat book. If you're wanting to take a journey, like um, going out and doing that. So I'll give you a variety of different things. Um, so that one, I love Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins. Just the psychology of change is such a powerful thing. And I think he's forgotten more people more than people have learned in their life. And so I think that one, I feel like I've read it five times and I learn every time. And then one, a very recent one, which is super powerful, is The Body Keeps Score. Um, really powerful book on trauma and what it, what it does in our body. And even if you're saying, quiet, I don't have trauma, all of us have these kind of pains that cause triggers in our lives. And so the ability to recognize that, use breath and meditation to keep yourself present, um, those are three books that have made a, a pretty big impact on me. So there, we could mention more, but those three, I think, variety for people who like that. Excellent. No, that's so good. So, Kweti, where, where can people find you online if they want to, to reach out yeah. to you? 
the good news is I don't think I've ever met uh, a Quake Cooper in the world. There's literally, I don't think another one. So if you find <laughs> C-O-Y-T-E Cooper, um, com, you can find my website. You can find me on social media. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with business professionals. So um, you can find me on there. Just make sure you don't put the second O. It's not Coyote. So C-O-Y-O-T-E would be Coyote. So Quake Cooper is where you can find me. Excellent. Thank you so much, cool. Coyote. Thank you, really buddy. great having you here. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's fun. Cool. You have a good day. Okay. Thank you. This was the Maxiao Leadership Podcast. Thank you for joining us. To listen to future episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Until next time, keep being the leader everybody trusts and respects.